Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From an Inspired By, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we talk with John Dobbins about his work with the anime soundtrack reissue label, Tiger Lab Vinyl, as well as his electronic duo, Alone in the Woods. This is an episode that's been two years in the making. Can you believe it? We first invited John Dobbins to come on the show to discuss his musical project Alone in the Woods and his work with the anime soundtrack reissue label Tiger Lab Vinyl back in November of 2018, but due to the man's incredibly busy work schedule, it didn't happen until November of 2020. Then we went on our annual holiday hiatus and so on and so forth, but I'm happy to say that this is a very wide-ranging, awesome interview that's totally worth the wait. And we're sneak previewing a couple of cuts off Alone in the Woods' new album, Help Is Not Coming, which goes on sale this Thursday, February 4th at noon Eastern. Check it out. so much for for taking time on a on a sunday no less to talk to me about your group and the label and all of this stuff man thanks so much for, for wanting to talk to me nick um <laughs> uh, it's been it's been way too long so yeah thank you so what i what i find uh fascinating and i had kind of forgotten this until i was doing research before we talked is that like Tiger Lab? You co-founded it with Clint Carney, um, uh, a writer. Um, like he is the man responsible for uh, the film Dry Blood. Um, the guy behind uh, the group System Sin. Um, and, and I just like totally that had totally slipped my mind. Um, how how the 
two of you come to know each other? I met Clint maybe around 2009, 2010. Uh, I was playing in a, in a, in a band, um, in that industrial synth pop scene. And we ended up, uh, touring together a few times around the U S and we just really clicked as, uh, friends and just became super tight over, over the years. And every time I, you know, I would come out to LA, I'd always stay at his house and we'd hang out constantly. And then, um, after I stopped doing that and, and touring and writing in that world, um, I, you know, I, I had this idea to start Tiger Lab and, you know, Clint being a, a really talented, uh, artistic, uh, uh, you know, artist, painter, uh, graphic designer, every, you know, jack of all trades in that world. Um, I reached out to him and I actually wanted him to uh, be involved in Tiger Lab as far as uh, just handling all of our art and packaging. And it was funny because he was like, I got a better one. He's like, why don't we just do this together 50 50? And I was just, I was blown away. I was like, Oh my God, yes, let's do it. And then, um, yeah, uh, through that, uh, those early tiger lab phases. Yeah. Clinton was heavily part of everything from the first, uh, five releases from wicked city up to, uh, vampire hunter D bloodlust. And then during that time, uh, he was, basically try, trying to finish writing and wanted to spend more time, uh, you know, investing into, you know, dry blood was, uh, those were during the early pre-production phases. And, uh, he really wanted to devote all of his time to, uh, to film, to filmmaking and writing, directing. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, I wish, you know, wish him the best. We still talk quite frequently. Uh, if not every few weeks, at least once a month, we get on the phone, but, uh, yeah, that's the story with Clint. Well, the thing about Tiger Lab that I find so fascinating is, first of all, like, um, before we started talking off mic, like, I, I was talking about, like, sort of labels that have, um, like, really, like, laser-focused identities, and, I mean, Tiger Lab focuses, um, almost, you know, I- exclusively, um, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the offshoot label in, in a bit, but, um, on, soundtracks for anime releases and like looking just at like the discography of what you've put out so far is like a veritable um it's like a primer for for uh, you know just like anime it's like you know what are the titles that you should know um like not just like just the 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 obvious ones but like the 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 pillars of of the that particular you know style of animation and stuff and i mean you started out with wicked city and then Devilman and then Perfect Blue, Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust, Berserk, Death Note, GoGo Thirteen. Um, like it's just this, like hit after hit after hit. Um, like what made you want to tackle like this sort of very specific um genre of, of music? I well, when we started, I, I mean, the whole idea with Tiger Lab was to. Uh, to start a new reissue label that I felt like was not not necessarily being avoided, but it it just didn't seem like anyone was out there just, you know, focusing on it because, you know, we all know it's so heavily, uh, 
you know, uh, horror obsessed. Um, and when it comes to soundtracks and I felt that I had a few connections I kind of wanted to, to use and, and show people, uh, there, there is this, uh, I guess world that they kind of uh, coexist and cross within one another. Um, I grew up with horror, and my gateway to anime was uh, was horror actually. Um, and the we we specifically chose certain titles because not um, I mean the music's all incredible. Um, the animation is something that we were you know obsessed with back back in the day that you know the mid mid late eighties style um, and. I I really just wanted to show people, um, and I guess because maybe at this point I'm older in, <laughs> in my life and career, but um, this is where it all started for a lot of people that can relate to uh, all of us in this scene. Um, and even for non-anime people, um, this is stuff that they would be aware of. And for the anime people, it's stuff that they not necessarily maybe have seen but they've heard it because it's part of it's part of the roots from that era uh so i just wanted to really um uh start a a, a brand that identified with that those titles that scene, those people and uh, be very uh, a brand specific with it the the thing i uh, i appreciate is like i am not like I am at best like a very 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 casual fan of anime, um, but like even I, even I like recognize like the vast majority of the the titles you've put out and like the the some of the upcoming ones especially like Vampire Hunter D was I I feel like maybe this is a, a generalization but it it seems as though like because anime like in the the late 80s like you were sort of limited to like what would come into the video store i it, it feels like every group like of friends had like that one friend who would like find the stuff and then bring it to you and there so there's like everybody has like their entryway and in, in my group of friends, it was in the, the late eighties. It was vampire hunter D like the original 1985 film. And like that, like when I saw that you're putting that out next year, I was just like, I like that for me is just like crazy. Like, because I mean, it, it's um like, it's so visually iconic. Like it's been used to, to, like visualize like so many different things. It's been swiped by so many different groups that I feel like more people have seen it than have like seen the film. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. Like yeah, people, people are aware of specific images, but they don't know exactly what it is. It doesn't mean they've actually seen the film at all. Uh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think of vampire hunter D as one of the main gateways that, uh, brought me into anime period. And I think a lot of people could relate to that. Um, we've been extremely, extremely lucky and grateful to have developed the, the relationships that we've uh, created and maintained over the last, you know, uh, six, seven years of doing this label. Um, Vampire Hunter D when we, it was like, you know, people start labels or whatever um, uh, company or project they want to begin it's like what's your what's your main like project list? what are the you know top 10 five things you want to do and this was obviously in the top three uh, and sometimes it just takes 
much longer to get there. And uh, I'm just so happy we finally are releasing it um, early next year. I mean, we're submitting everything to the plant, hopefully in the next week or so. Um, audio's done. Uh, artwork's being approved by Sony Japan right now. Um, so, yeah, really excited about it. And it, it sounds fantastic. Now, um, we're speaking on November 1st, and last night was um, Mondo Palooza on uh, YouTube, and part of that was uh, uh, an Art of uh, Soundtracks uh, panel with uh, you and a bunch of other folks in the vinyl soundtrack world. Um, and you had mentioned the fact that, uh, like, uh, talking with uh, JC from Milan, like about like sort of the the ins and outs and the difficulties of working with labels um you're you're not only dealing with you know um like they're on the other side of the world so there's like time and then there's language and then there's also culture so um like what is sort of like the 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 time frame like obviously the label started um almost 6 years ago um and vampire hunter d is coming out next year so like what is sort of like the timeline for a a, a typical tiger lab release and i guess what are some of the 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 the, the challenges of of making it happen when you're working internationally that's a really good question. And I think it's all relative to, uh, your pre-existing relationships that you have. If you're, if you're working with a brand new licensor, it's a completely different, um, you know, whether it's like a major label or, or somebody that's, um, a production company that hasn't been, uh, current for, you know, 30, 30 years, you know, plus it, makes it a little more difficult. Um, but if you do have those pre-existing relationships and it's somebody that you've worked with before, um, sometimes it could just be within a week that you, you ask somebody, um, Hey, I, I know, you know, this is in your library. Can, can we have an agreement? These are the terms and it might just be, yes, let's do it. Um, <clears throat> we have a very good, uh, very strong relationship with, uh, the licensors that, uh, you know, we work with on uh, Berserk, Hunter Hunter, Death Note, and then there's a, a new title that we're going to be doing with them and uh, Sentai in the new year. And that was one of those um, titles that, you know, like Hunter Hunter, I was listening to a lot of our fan base because they keep reaching out and they, um, you know, we get emails, like there's so many emails a day uh, per week about specific titles. And, you know, stuff that I'm aware of, stuff that I like, but, uh, you know, I'm just going to trust the data because if it's coming in every single day, every single week, I want to give people something that uh, they they really love. Because if, if we're not going to do it, I don't think anyone's going to do it unless it's Milan or, or a new label that comes out. But um, uh, it, 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 back to, like, the, you know, the main root of the question, I think it really depends on um, if we have that relationship with that company uh, prior to, to reaching out for this one title. Um, there are titles that I've been working on. I, I'm going to say I've been working on for maybe three years, two, two, three years that we're still trying to go back and forth and they're, they're new um, business relationships with, with licensors and they're still, we're still going back and forth. So 
Does that make sense? If we oh, yeah. have a pre-existing relationship, it, it'll take like within like a, a week or two, I'll find something out. But if it's brand new, it's going to take some time. And if it's a if it's a licensor, a publisher that uh, I'm having them to go into a warehouse and look for tapes that uh, they're going to, you know, basically just like a needle in the haystack. It could take years. Well, like uh, the the interesting thing, uh, because you mentioned uh, mentioned Hunter Hunter, that that triple LP set features um, like the tracks were curated by by two like mega fans of, of the series. Does that kind of go back to like those those emails you talk about getting on on the regular, where like they just seemed so knowledgeable about it? You're just like. I'm I'm going to put this in in your hands at least in terms of curation. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and uh, you know to be hundred percent transparent, uh, Hunter Hunter I would say is the first Tiger Lab uh, release that seems a little um, off brand, if you will, just uh, just a tiny bit uh, compared to like everything else we're doing. And um, it, it's definitely something you know I like. I, I've watched. Uh, of course, I'm aware of. I I wouldn't be releasing it if i didn't like it but um for me to be an expert on that and speak to hunter hunter like i could some of the other uh releases we've done like like a perfect blue or you know devil man wicked city or um vampire hunter d something like that um i i would be lying because i i i wanted to give it to somebody and have the people that kind of helped build and shape the label i kind of wanted to give back to them and uh, throw their name on the package and have it be known that they're the ones that uh, that helped create this. Well, it seems like it is it is a much more um, like it's much more recent than than a, a lot of the other stuff. And it's not as dark. Right. Like it seems to be. Yeah, but, like, mean, it's a much cheerier <laughs> series if from what I've I've gathered. Definitely. I um. I'm not one at this point in my life where I just get obsessed with reading like message boards and seeing what people say. Like I've done like, you know, they like in my twenties and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I have seen things before where, uh, if, if people say have like anything like super negative to say about Tiger Lab, it's always like the title choice and how we're, uh, obsessed with a certain theme or era. And they're like, Oh, why can't, why won't they do stuff like this? And, um, little, the, <clears throat> the, the sunnier, the sunnier things um and to be honest like that's that's not who we are this is this is the anime we we like this is what we're into this is what we grew up on um and that's that's really why but um yeah so i giving it back to fans that uh, have uh, even a deeper uh, appreciation for something like that um yeah i, I want to be uh, very transparent with it well and and like the the label is is expanding to have a, a new subsidiary label that is devoted to like eighties nineties martial arts films, um, and you announced back at the uh, at the um, Art of Soundtracks uh, Comic Con uh, at home panel that like the first release on that is going to be uh, the score to Kickboxer, um, which is fantastic. <laughs> I think I'm. <laughs> I love that score so much. And, you know, to be honest, we, um, Tony and I were going back and forth for months on, um, do we want to do a sub or do we want to just keep it under Tiger Lab? Um, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm the one that was pushing for the subsidiary. We wanted to keep it under the Tiger Lab, uh, just, uh, you know, household name. 
Uh, so we decided actually we're just going to keep it as a as a Tiger Lab record uh, and just just have a part of our catalog. Uh, I was actually listening to the remasters yesterday or two days ago, and man, it's one of those one of those scores that it just really puts you back in a time of just watching that movie and just getting so pumped up to like, I don't know, exercise or like spar. Or just like, like it just puts you in, in, a, in a different headspace. And uh, man, it's, that record's going to be incredible. It's so good. Um, like Perseverance <laughs> put it out on CD like years back. Um, and we, we had um, on, on this show back in early 2018, we had Stan Bush on. Uh, and like we 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 briefly touched on the touch, but for the most part, like mm-hmm. we dug like super heavy into his songs for Kickboxer and Bloodsport because I'm just like I'm way more interested in those. Like I've like the touch is fine, and I'm kind of curious about like how it fits in, in into other stuff. But like man, like Kickboxer and Bloodsport, like when I was a kid, like my brother and I, like those were like those were like the films we watched, like when we would get yep. to go to the video yep. store, like just like every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, every Steven Seagal movie, um, best of the best. Like that's, you know, Oh wait, are you a best of the best fan? Oh man. I'll talk to you offline about stuff with that. Oh, I am. That's like one of my favorite, favorite movies. One and two, man. Oh God, yeah. Like, I mean, come on. You got yeah. you got James Earl Jones and Eric Roberts. Um, yeah, mm, so good. Um, but in addition to having this label, and uh, one of the other reasons is that you um, uh, have a, a, a duo called Alone in the Woods, who have a new album coming out. And for um, transparency's sake, uh, I do all of the web store write-ups for Cadaver Records, who uh, is is putting out the the next, uh, who put out uh, the the last Alone in the Woods uh, album, Quite On, um, and is putting out the the next one, uh, Help Is Not Coming. Um, and I am like I have heard all of the records you put out going back to the 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 debut uh, self titled on Burning Witches a couple of years back. Um, I know that you and your your partner in Alone in the Woods uh, had previously been in another group. Um, how did how did where did Alone in the Woods come from? Because it is very different than that first group. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, um, Lon, Lon and his name, um, we, he was actually, uh, part of a duo that I, you know, when I, when I met Clint, uh, from System Sin, he was the person that, uh, we were making music with together, you know, touring and, and releasing records. Um, when we stopped doing that, we basically, um, you know, I, I took a break, went back into the real world, missed music, you know, when started Tiger Lab. And then um, I went through a phase, like, you know, like a nostalgic phase where you just start looking at your, your past history of everything you've done. And I was just listening to stuff like unreleased demos that we were writing together that were supposed to, you know, maybe they would have ended up being another record. Uh, and then I basically just called him out of the blue. And I said, if, um, if he would be interested in writing music again, and I reached out to uh, 
uh, to Darren from Burning Witches, who uh, you know I, I was really friendly with at the time, uh, just to say hey and see if he was interested. And uh, if I showed him some demos, and you know he sent me an email the next day, I was like, yes, let's do it right away. And then Lon and I just started writing, and it kind of uh, evolved from there. Um, and I think just basically between that debut LP and uh, the third LP, Help Is Not Coming, that'll be coming out sometime in January. Um, yeah, there, there's this heavy evolution of sound and style. And I'll be honest, I, I don't know. I, I can't even pinpoint how, how it occurred and how that happened. But yeah, it's like you could listen to our debut LP and it sounds very... Uh, electronic, almost synth wave, uh, you know, at, at times in, in that scene, uh, with you know, a touch of like 80s, because um, we were very heavily, in, uh, you know, had that Depeche Mode warship. Uh, but when we get to the third LP, and I'm, I'll probably say doing quite on helped get us there because I was going through a very uh, elaborate, uh, like classical music listening experience and trying just to, to write music in a linear way instead of just having your same, like, you know, verse, chorus, like, pop rock type of uh, structure. Uh, and it really connected with me, and I kind of just, um, you know, writing quite on helped evolve and get us into this new space. And when we decided to start writing Help Is Not Coming, we just took it steps further, um, and it just took on a life of its own. So quite uh, on was very... Um literary in terms of its inspiration um uh taking at you know it's uh the the idea from the 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 stories written by lafcadio hearn um and the new upcoming album uh is uh cannibal inspired um uh, up up to and including uh, a track called Deep River, um, which I mean, I, th- that's <laughs> it's an obvious uh, influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. what, what, like, <clears throat> like, have I've I've gotten to listen to it obviously, um, uh, a bunch, and I'm I'm sort of curious because like help is not coming is not. Like, I think when people think cannibal, like, they think they have a very specific, like, sound. Um, but I think a lot of people also sort of forget, like, um, it came up in another live stream I saw earlier this week. Um, the, uh, the Elric Kane, um, Dr. Rebecca Kesby podcast, um, uh, uh Color of the Dark, Colors of the Dark does, did, like, uh, a live stream as part of the frightening ass film fest, um, talking about like mm-hmm. the most fucked up movies of all time. And of course you have to talk about cannibal Holocaust, but like one of the things they brought up, it's like, it is an entirely messed up movie with beautiful, beautiful music. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it has like, it has a theme <laughs> where like you hear it and you're like, that's so sweet. What's that from cannibal Holocaust? Um, and I feel like, help is not coming draws from that sort of like very um the riz ortolani end of the spectrum as opposed to like the more you know like funky um italo sounds um like what made you want to make a cannibal record (laughs) um (laughs) well you know it's 
it sounds I would say like you know visually that 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 aesthetic and and thematically um yes it it's heavily uh paying homage to to uh cannibals and, and those types of films from you know from the seventies and you know even early eighties um we were we we love those films we we love all of them whether it's um you know whether it's you know Jungle Holocaust or you know Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals and all of that. Um, we wanted to do this type of record uh, as I, I believe that was our second record before we were even doing Quite On before uh, Jonathan approached us and then we were, we were like okay let's just save those types of ideas and put them on the back burner or those themes for you know LP3. Uh, but you know with Alone in the Woods we don't really. We just we just write the music that that we write. We have our style, and we kind of just we don't want to conform to almost like how do how do I explain it in in a way where we're not trying to write uh, a cannibal record how it would sound from like the seventies or like with like those types of um, authentic themes. We just wanted to be authentic to ourselves. Does that make sense? So oh, yeah, yeah. Even with that, it, even that it, it has those themes, and like you'll look at the record cover. And it, have you seen the artwork yet? No, I haven't actually. Oh, it's, it's, it's I'll show you after. It, it's beautiful, man. It's it's obvious what uh, what the themes are. It, it's clear that it comes from uh, inspiration from that era. But um, I never think that uh, when you listen to it, it sounds like uh, what you would expect. And I hope that's a good thing. Um, because even when we do our next, you know, when we have our next record and there's going to be some, you know, some different types of themes, um, people will probably put it on because oh, I didn't expect, <laughs> expect it to sound like that. So, um, there is a contrast musically of what we do, but then visually what we're truly inspired by. And I hope it gels together. <laughs> well, it, it, it seems like with each record that Alone in the Woods has put out, there has been like, um, there's a through line. Like I recognize each record as being alone in the woods, but it seems like you're, you're definitely doing your best to expand your palette and not, um, you know, you're exploring themes in similar ways, but you're not repeating yourself, which I really, really appreciate. Like if, if I want to hear like another version of that record, I'll just, you know, like, when people are like, it doesn't sound like the last record. It's like, we'll go listen to the last record, man. Like it's that exists. Like if you want a new record, you want it to be new. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and if if we want to dive into like that type of talk as well, like doing a, um, a a record centered around, you know, the Amazon and, and cannibals, we wanted to make sure clearly we weren't using any type of the same, instrumentation, uh, you know, percussive samples, uh, synths that we were using on quiet on, we didn't use any strings. We didn't use any, uh, you know, Koto, we didn't use anything, uh, that was, or really orchestral, uh, that shaped quite on. And for this, we, we used, you know, stringed instruments as far as, you know, uh, you know, bass guitars and, uh, lots of, uh, you know, other clean guitars and heavy, heavy bass all wooden sound percussive uh, samples uh, to make it seem like uh, if you expand your mind, uh, you are in the jungle. So uh, that's, that's one of the, you know, things that we wanted to be clear on that when we're doing a new record, new theme, 
we, we throw everything out from the previous ones and we have a brand new sonic palette to shape this, uh, this new idea. Well, it also seems, uh, <clears throat> as if like you're, you're using, um, the, the stereo aspect, uh, of making music. Like there's, there's like, I always feel like it seems like a little ridiculous to be like, you should listen to this with headphones. Like, no, but like, this is an album you should really listen to with headphones because like you get like, it sounds great coming out of a stereo, but man, it sounds like it's so immersive <laughs> listening to it in headphones. Um, that it's just like, it's, it, you do feel like you're in like, like that you're in the jungle and there is, there are things happening around you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's, that's awesome to hear. Cause we, yeah, we intentionally um, have a lot of ambient tracks in the background and samples, um, nature-esque stuff uh, that when you pick it up and you hear it, we wanted to make sure that, that, uh, that atmosphere really came out as part of the listening experience. So, <clears throat> Uh, Help Is Not Coming comes out in January and you have, <clears throat> pardon me, um, you have, uh, yep. like, uh, like quite a few things like on the, on the way for Tiger Lab. Um, so 2021 looks to be, uh, quite big starting out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, we've had, or me personally I've had such such an incredible uh year that it's I'm just really excited to see a lot of the things that um whether it's for Tiger Lab or Long in the Woods that we worked so hard to accomplish this year to start really seeing the light in twenty twenty one and then when twenty twenty one starts, I mean, um there's so many Tiger Lab releases that we're working on and titles and to be honest, uh, we're going to be starting pre-production for the next Alone in the Woods record in the next few weeks. Uh, so there's no uh, no sign of stopping. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Um, what's the best way for uh, people to um, find out like what you are doing and also like the the label and the the band? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're very active on social media, so definitely uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, handles for Tiger Lab, just Tiger Lab Vinyl, Alone in the Woods is uh, Alone in the Woods NY, um, TigerLabVinyl.com for the site, Alone in the Woods NY uh, for that site, um, but uh, for Alone in the Woods, I, I definitely keep an eye on Kadabra, their social media, their website um, as well. Fantastic. Well, again, uh, thank you sir, so much for taking time. I'm glad this was able to happen and cause this has been a whole lot of fun and a really great way to spend my Sunday morning. Me too, Nick. Thanks so much. I'm so happy we actually uh, finally did this and the next time we do it, we'll make sure it's not, you know, a span of two years. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah.
to John Dobbins for talking with me. Alone in the Woods Help Is Not Coming is out this Thursday, February 4th at noon Eastern via Cadabra Records. You can snag it at cadabrarecords.com. John Dobbins is on Twitter at John Dobbins, that's J-O-N-D-O-B-Y-N-S. Tiger Lab is at Tiger Lab Vinyl, and Alone in the Woods is at underscore Alone Woods. Tiger Lab Vinyl is online at tigerlabvinyl.com, and Alone in the Woods can be found at aloneinthewoodsny.com. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at FromInspiredPod, and can be found on Instagram at FromInspiredBy. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Click those follow and subscribe buttons, please. Also, please hit up the website and click on the Aid and Assistance button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees, and remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back in two weeks talking with Chase Horseman about their scoring work for the films of Gigi, Saul Guerrero, and more. Until then... Thanks for listening.